This episode is brought to you by Roster Up Media, your home for tangible insights on the NFL and fantasy football. For the hottest takes and deep dives on your favorite NFL teams, as well as daily and season-long fantasy football hacks, head to rosterupmedia.com. If you love football, you'll love Roster Up. I'm doing this pod, whether no matter what happens, man. If they go 0-17, we're going to be here with you every week. That's the kind of people we are at Roster Up. Your Roster Up family will always be there for you every single week. That's what we're going to do for you. Our dream is to have 32 NFL teams on here, have every podcast for every single one, and I guarantee you every one of those podcasts top to bottom is going to fight for their fans. And we're not going to give up on you guys. What more can we say? That was Joey from our Giant Up podcast. Because of that little audio clip, I have the motivation to do this podcast today after a brutal loss to the Patriots on Sunday. One where there's a lot of questions after and not a lot of answers. But you know what? At Roster Up, we move forward. Let's get into today's Jet Up podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Jet Up podcast, part of the Roster Up Media podcast network. I'm your host, James McWilliams. I am alone today. Our co-host, Ryan McWilliams, could not make it. And I will definitely be taking advantage of that to give a little bit of a rant. We will probably have a clip of Ryan reacting to the game from this past Sunday against the Patriots. He recorded one on the Instagram at Jet Up Podcast. You can go see it there. But we'll have that in this episode as well. We're going to talk week three preview. We're going to talk about the loss to the Patriots. A disappointing one. But first I want to get into a Jets rant. So I'll say rant start and rant over. Rant start. Jet fans are like a person in an abusive relationship. Week after week, year after year, they continue to be abused, but they stick around and make excuses for their abuser. Oh, but the team is so young. How can you expect us to compete with a rookie QB and a rookie head coach? Or don't you know we are in a rebuild? These excuses are mind-numbing. We heard the same things in 2018 and 2019. This team hasn't made the playoffs in over 10 years. That is a decade. There was two different presidents before the Jets made the playoffs most recently. I don't care that the playoff drought isn't due to the current players on this roster right now or the new coaches. It's the same organization, and we, the fans, have had to watch mediocrity for too long. Jet fans need to start holding this organization and these players to a higher standard. Yes, we are in a rebuild. Again. But we just got steamrolled by a Patriots team who is basically also in a rebuild and showed 
pretty vanilla defensive coverages this past week and nothing special from their new QB or their skill position players. The team is young, and I don't expect perfection, but we need to be demanding progress. The team needs to show it is taking steps in the right direction. This can only be proven on Sunday, not in the offseason, not in training camp where we all love to get excited every year, on Sunday, in real games against opponents who are also shifting in new players, new coaches every year. We're not unique in this. We are not the only team that has to deal with new players and new coaches every year. Other teams deal with it too. And overall, I would say their fan bases don't look for every excuse in the book when those players or coaches don't perform. They demand improvement and competitive football. All I'm asking is that we, the fans, are honest with ourselves and admit when there's a problem. Do I think it's too early to panic? Yes. But does that mean I'll let these players and coaches off the hook when they get blown out in a winnable game? Not a chance. One day, we will stop looking for the positives in all these losses and start winning football games again. But it is not this day. Rant over. All right, guys, I was actually able to get an audio clip of Ryan's rant on Instagram right after the game in the MetLife Stadium parking lot. I'll play that for you now. Enjoy. All right, here we go. Leave at MetLife Stadium. There she is, MetLife. All right, let's talk. All right, first quarter, defense looked fantastic. Um, CJ Mosey was terrific. Uh, Michael Carter, terrific. Defense was locked and loaded. Offense couldn't move the ball more than three yards. Um, offensive line played well. Offensive, play, offensive line played really well. Um, thought that, you know, losing Beckton was going to hurt. We played very well. Um, ran the ball well. Mike Manti, I see you. Uh, with that comment, don't worry about it. We're rebuilding. Um, vibes were great in the stadium early. Right, Dom? Mm -hmm. Vibes were great. Um, clearly, the Jets put this kid to sleep. Um, back to the game. Really struggled uh, to move the ball in the air. I thought we ran the ball well. Zach was terrible. Zach, Zach uh, was terrible, but let don't do this, Darnold. Don't do this, Darnold. We do that to me, all right? I love Sam Darnold. He ain't the guy. Zach is better. Zach was really bad today. I thought Mike LaFleur, his play calling was, was as bad as Adam Gase's play calling. Um, just not good. Not good. Very deflating. Guys, people were booing Zach booing the Jets, including myself. I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of the Jets being an embarrassment. Um, people were leaving the game at halftime. Just a joke. So everyone's going to say, oh, it's a rookie. You got to be better. You have got to be better. You're the second overall pick. You can't throw four interceptions with three coming in the first quarter. You can't do it. 
just I'm just very upset with the way we came out today. First home opener in two years. Gotta be better. Live from MetLife. Hopefully we'll beat the Broncos next week. I don't see this team winning more than four games. Disappointing. Let's hope Zach can bounce back, but not good. Not good. All right, now that that rant is over, let's get in to segment one, normally called Ryan's Recap. It will be James's recap today because Ryan's not here. So we're going to recap this past week's performance. What went well? What went wrong? Let's start with what went well. I don't know. The uniforms looked good. Spotlight white, tops and bottoms. Can't complain with that look. I think we should ditch the green pants when we wear white. Just looks much better. White on white. Personal opinion. That's how I'd roll. Another positive on Sunday. The defense. Defense continues to look solid uh, from the, the front four to the linebackers to the corners. Can't complain much there. They're holding up. We'll talk about specific players in a minute, but definitely was okay with the way that the defense defense performed. Uh, did not really show any clear weak spots. Um, obviously gave up points, but they were on the field a lot. You know, we were turning the ball over left and right and giving the Patriots an opportunity to have good field position um, and, and basically, you know, made our defense work harder than they had to. Um, so I'm not going to not going to fault them too much for that. Obviously, I think there could be more production in the sack game. Had a couple of players get to Mac Jones uh, on Sunday. But overall, I was OK with the way they looked. I th- don't think there was a huge issue there. And uh, yeah, those are mostly the, all the positives. Uh, unfortunately, not a ton. Um, lost the game. Twenty five to six. We scored six points against the Patriots team that was not really throwing much at us defensively. Honestly, wasn't much there. We'll get into that more. So getting into now what went wrong. Pretty much everything else. Going to be completely honest there. Zach, the most obvious of all of them, threw four interceptions. Um, Yeah, wasn't pretty. Sort of just snowballed. He admitted after the game he couldn't get into a rhythm after the second one. Going to have to learn from that. Going to have to learn how to shake these things off and move forward. Um, you know, it was brutal. He's really the reason we lost this game, let's be honest here. Um, just looking at his his stats, they weren't pretty. Uh, no touchdowns. Um, you know, just really did not show up. Sunday. I think after his week one performance, we were all pretty hopeful he would come out and beat this Patriots team. Most of us predicted a win. Um, Obviously, that didn't happen. Against Carolina, he had two touchdowns, one interception, 258 yards in the air. He actually had a better completion percentage against the Patriots, but not by much, and still not a good one. Um, Through four interceptions, no touchdowns, at a 37 QB rating. That's bad. But I'm not going to go too crazy on the kid. I went kind of crazy on the kid on Twitter. It's one of those in the moment. You're upset with what's going on. 
and you basically just throw all your thoughts down. Um, probably should ban myself from Twitter on Sundays. Still don't feel too different, though, about a lot of my takes from Sunday. I really think, you know, he just didn't perform. And he, he crumbled under not too difficult of circumstances, to be completely honest. But he's a rookie, so I'll cut him some slack. Had some good throws. Had some throws that really he could have he could have improved on, and people thought they were good throws, and they really weren't. Um, threw a ball down the sideline to Elijah Moore. Uh, it was probably like a 30 or 40-yard gain. Should have been a touchdown. Got to lead him inside. Nobody was on Elijah Moore. Completely alone on a wheel route. Got to hit him on the inside so that he can take it upfield. He had one man to beat. He would have beat him. That kid's good. Got to make a better throw there. Wasn't under much pressure. I know Zach has special arm talent, but he should not be throwing balls off his left, off his back foot when there's no pressure in his face. Got to step into these throws. Got to make more accurate throws when you have a wide open receiver. Elijah Moore would have took that to the house. Could have been a different game. Would have liked to see that. Elijah Moore had a pretty good game. Um, Nothing crazy, but started to show flashes of what he can do. I think we need to try try to stop throwing him the ball on the sidelines. Try to throw him more between the numbers. Let him work a little. He's not six foot three. Maybe we throw him in the slot. I know he's versatile. He can play multiple positions, but I think he's going to be most effective in the slot. He'll have mismatches against slot corners and linebackers, and he'll beat them every time. I'd like to see him moved in. I'd like to see LaFleur change it up a little. We'll get into wide receiver group a little bit later more, too. Some of the things they could do there to improve, but Zach, look, shake it off, man. This is a bad one. Come back next week against the Broncos team that just intercepted Trevor Lawrence three times this past Sunday. Don't do what he did. Go out there, play a game that where you make smart throws. The easy stuff. Get going. You're a rookie. You got to gain confidence when you're a rookie. Go out there and, and throw the easy balls over the middle to Elijah Moore. Use your tight ends over the middle. No more of these fades, these things. He's not, you know, they're not working. Got to get some confidence in Zach. Have him throw the easy ones. Honestly, do what Sam Darnold did in week one. Dump off the ball. It's kind of on the floor, to be honest with you. Where are the running backs in the pass game? Have them popping out as an underneath option. Those are integral for a quarterback that needs to build confidence as well as a rookie quarterback. It's just one of those safety blankets. You see Tom Brady do it every single game. Yes, we want to push the ball down the field, but you need to have that safety. In week one, Sam Darnold dumped the ball off to Christian McCaffrey underneath like a thousand times. And Christian McCaffrey ran all over us. We have Michael Carter now. That guy can move. He can juke. You saw him on Sunday. He can find holes. He can make plays. He's quick and he's fast. Get him some underneath dump offs where he can make a play. Also, where's the screen game? I guess I'm just railing on the floor now. But where's the screen game? You see these teams in, in these moments where, where they're struggling, they dump it off to a running back with space. Lineman out front, let him make a play. We need more of that. It's got to be more variety there to help your quarterback. Especially when your quarterback is struggling, throwing picks all over the place. 
get him some easy confidence building plays built into this playbook when you're struggling. Zach also needs to not favor Corey Davis. He does this. He throws the ball to Corey Davis on plays where Corey's the number one target, but is completely blanketed by the defense. Let's just get into Corey Davis now. Corey Davis is another thing that went wrong on Sunday. Just was not winning those those 50-50 balls. That's why we paid him. He looked great in week one. It's one week. I'm not going to kill him for this, but got to make those plays. Jump ball for a ball that gets picked off. Got to make that catch. Got to knock it down. Got to do something. Can't just let that pop up into the air for the defense. I think he'll bounce back this week. And like I said, the play calling was definitely something that went wrong. The floor's got to make it easier. It's got to make it easier. The running game was working. We'll talk about that. But you got to help your young QB. Adjust. Just like in week one. Don't keep forcing it downfield. Zach can handle it. He's smart. He's going to watch the film. He's watching so much film. I think he's a movie critic at this point. Hope it translates to Sunday. But needs help from his offensive coordinator. Settle him down. Get the easy nub offs. Utilize the running backs more in the pass game. Get Elijah Moore inside. Don't key on Corey Davis every play. Use your tight ends. You see how Tom Brady's doing that. They're your best friend. And that is the end of segment one. All right, let's jump right into segment two. Segment two on the Jet Up podcast, we call it Some Gas, Some Break. Of the popular saying, all gas, no break. For those of you who have been listening, you know this. Some Gas, Some Break is a segment where we basically tell you who we're giving gas to and who we're, we're pumping the brake on. Which players are up, which players are down. Let's get into it. Who are we giving gas this week? Once again... Just making plays all over the field. John Franklin Myers. This guy wants to get paid. Let me tell you, John Franklin Myers is filling the gap that Carl Lawson left when he got hurt. He heard Lawson. He said, I'm the next man up. I'm going to make plays. And he is. He had another sack on Sunday. That's two already in two games. He wants the double digits. He wants the big payday. I say, go get it, JFM. Go get that payday. We need players like John Franklin Myers to perform on this roster if we're going to be successful. These guys that nobody knows, if you're not a Jet fan, that come out on Sunday and put pressure on the quarterback every single play and become a household name overnight because they're in the face of the quarterback and they're on the stat sheet. They're not just pressuring the quarterback. They're closing on the quarterback. They're getting sacks. John Franklin Myers is doing that. He is my player of the week. He is up. We're gassing him up. Keep it up, JFM. We love what we're seeing. You're going to get paid. Keep dominating these offensive lines. Another player who's up, C.J. Mosley. Everybody who wanted to cut him in the offseason, oh, we don't need him. He's washed up. He's old. He's always hurt. Ryan and I both said this on the podcast. Give the man some breathing air. He was one of the best middle linebackers in the National Football League when he was healthy a couple years ago. That is the reason we paid him what we did. We wanted to see him out there. Does this guy still have it? 
and he's proving he does. Lost some weight in the offseason to get quicker and fit better into this defense, this scheme. And he is flying around the field. I swear he makes almost every tackle. I mean, I know I'm making that up, but he is all over the field. C.J. Mosley looks like the real deal. I mean, he's just he's just making plays, guys. He's making plays. Um, you know, he's leading this defense. He's showing why we paid him. You love to see it. You love that he's not getting hurt. You love that he's out there and looks healthy and is making plays. C.J. Mosley, we're gassing him up this week. The next one was on our pump the brakes last week, but now we're gassing him up. The Jets O-line. Big improvement. Becton's out. Morgan Moses gets put in the lineup at right tackle. Shift over George Font to left. Seems like it worked. They're blocking. And they're pass block, not just run block. They're actually creating a little bit of a pocket. Obviously, Zach struggled regardless this past Sunday. But the more pockets he has, the more plays he's going to make and feel like he doesn't have to panic or get happy feet or release the ball too early and throw to guys that just aren't open. And this Sunday, the O-line, they showed up. I'm going to hold you know hold praise a little bit there because we've seen this story before where they sort of have up and down weeks. You know, the Panthers' D-line was better than the Patriots' D-line. Let's be honest here. Panthers' D-line is Derek Brown and um, Brian Burns, and, you know, they're flying all over the place. Where, you know, the Patriots' D-line, they're okay. You know, nothing special. But you know what? I'm not going to take it away from them. They look good out there. So we're gassing them up. The run game. Gas them up. They look great. Both Ty Johnson and Michael Carter had solid games this past Sunday. And we are we are happy to see that because week one, they were pretty abysmal. And most of that was on the blocking, but, you know, these guys got to find holes and find ways to get open. I think, like I said, dump off some balls to them and we'll see a big difference in their production. They'll actually become fantasy relevant. Wow, that would be amazing if a Jets player was fantasy relevant again. It's been a while. I think Chris Ivory was the last one. but. If I had to bet on one of these two players to emerge as the number one, it's Michael Carter. Ty Johnson is a great between the tackles, three to four yards guy, and you need a player like that. This is a committee up approach from the floor, and I'm okay with that. But Michael Carter should be your bell cow. If you're going to give a guy that more touches every game, it's got to be Michael Carter. He has more breakaway speed, more ability in space. Ty Johnson's going to truck every single guy in his way, but Michael Carter is going to find a way around him. And we need guys like that. They stay healthier longer. So I'm gassing up the run game this week. Please stop playing Tevin Coleman. And finally, we're gassing up the corners. They look good. Bryce Hall's leading this unit. Nobody wants to throw his way because he's blanketing these guys. Something we need badly. Need him to turn into a household name for good reasons. He looks like he's starting to. like to see a few more games before I uh, name him defensive MVP. But... If he keeps it up and is locking these guys down week after week, what a steal that would be. It's like a fifth round, a sixth round pick a year ago. Many said he was better than that. They said he was, you know, going to be a first or second round talent, but he had injuries and he slipped to us. And you know what? I'll give it to Joe Douglas. That was one of his better picks of 2020. Overall, that draft's not looking so good, though, by the way. 
2021 looks much better. But we'll take the wins where we get them. And then you had Gidry and, and these other guys. They, they, look, they looked okay. No, not too worried there. There was the one play where I forget his name on the Patriots. Broke like 17 tackles in one run and scored a touchdown. It was pretty embarrassing. So if there's anything I'll, I'll say is our secondary's got to tackle better. Nobody should be breaking that many tackles. It's not Marshawn Lynch. All right, let's move on to break. Who are we pumping the brakes on this week? You already know, it's Zach Wilson. Guy needs to show that this past week was a fluke. Needs to get out there, um, show why he was picked number two overall. Not going to talk too much more about him. But please, God, let it be a fluke. Get out there and, and dominate this this Broncos D Sunday. Please, please. I'm begging you. Corey Davis is also a player I'm pumping the brakes on. Just just looked a little lost out there Sunday. Um, you know, he's he's been up and down throughout his career. He was a number five overall pick at one point. Um, had sort of a disappointing first few years. Came on last year. Um, but you know what? He wasn't the number one last year. A.J. Brown was for the Titans. You know, so this is his first time as the number one uh, in, in a few years. And he needs to be able to to win those 50-50s, as I mentioned. So Corey Davis pumping the brakes on him for a minute, hoping that he will get back to form this weekend. That's pretty much it for pumping the brakes. Those were, were you know, some players that we had on our, our gas em up on week after week one and are now on pump the brakes in week two. Not something you really want to see. You want to keep pumping that gas. Anyway, another elephant in the room, Denzel Mims. He was a healthy scratch on Sunday. I don't know how good we think we are, but Denzel Mims is too good to be a healthy scratch. And we are too bad to not have him in this lineup instead of someone like Jeff Smith. I know Jeff Smith's a gunner on the special teams. I don't care. We need better wide receivers in the game. Need better depth. Find a way to get Denzel Mims in this game. Stop being cute. Stop trying to make Braxton Berrios the next Wes Welker. And get Denzel Mims in this game. I don't care if he's not a scheme fit. He can play one position. We don't need him to play three. He's a great wide receiver. Every time he's in a play, he makes a play. We need guys like that. We're too bad of a team to be healthy scratching Denzel Mims. A second round pick from one year ago. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it. And that's going to do it for segment two. Thanks for listening to Some Gas, Some Break. See you in the next segment. And now we enter our final segment, segment three. Flying forward. Jets, flying. Nobody got the joke last week. It's okay. We're going to look ahead. Week three. Playing the Broncos this Sunday. Once again, not a powerhouse team here. Teddy Bridgewater looks pretty good, though. But Teddy Bridgewater is not Peyton Manning. Should be able to handle him. Not too worried about the defense. Jerry Judy's been hurt. Should be okay there. Cortland Sutton, though, had a big week last week. Gotta look to contain him. I'd throw Bryce all on him all day. See what he can do. Although I do have Cortland Sutton in fantasy. Yeah, I'll take the Jets over them. What else we got? 
this, you know, this is going to be a tale of two teams. And by two teams, I mean the Jets and the Jets. Who's going to show up on Sunday? Will it be Zach Wilson slinging it around and showing what he can become as the Jets franchise QB like he did in week one? In the second half, I should say, of week one. Or will it be what we witnessed this past week? A solid defense followed by an inept offense. Will Mike LaFleur learn from this past week? Will he learn how to make it a little easier for Zach against a pretty decent Broncos D? You know, they got some some good some good players. Bradley Chubb, though, he's hurt. He's out. Not too worried about their pass rush without him. And then you got, you know, I think, honestly, we have the advantage here. I think we have the advantage, our offense versus their defense, if our offense utilizes its strengths. If you dress Denzel Mims for the game, if you put Elijah Moore in the slot, if you dump the ball off to running backs and feature Michael Carter, if you if you take the key off of Corey Davis a little bit, spread it around so that Corey Davis can get some easier looks, I think we'll win this game. However, if the team that shows up on Sunday is the same team that played this past week against a pretty average to below average Patriots team, we're going to lose this game. That's it. We're going to lose it. Teddy Bridgewater can sling it. I know he's Teddy Bridgewater. He's not elite, but he's good enough. And, you know, this Broncos team just picked Trevor Lawrence off three times this past week. Trevor Lawrence, also a rookie, also sort of struggling early. But you know what? He also threw a few touchdowns on them. I think Zach can go out there, not panic, have some easy throws early on, get him, you know, get his confidence up. The run game looks like it did last week. We'll be fine. We'll win this game. But, but, it's all going to depend on adjusting. Adjusting to take advantage of our strengths. Get the easy scores. I could see it happening. Once again, I'm a little nervous. This past week was tough. The Broncos are no slouch, but they're not a Super Bowl team. We could beat them. We play at 4 o'clock instead of 1 o'clock. Maybe that'll change things. Maybe Zach plays better when the sun is a little bit lower in the sky. I don't know. We can only hope. But I'm going to give this one to the Broncos in terms of a prediction. Because I need, I need to see it first. I need to see the Jets come out there, show a little consistency. So far, they've showed up for one half of football on offense in two games. Need more than that to inspire confidence. Hoping the 4 o'clock start time changes it. But, you know, we don't know. Just checking now. Is this an away game? If this is an away game, uh, it is. You know. It's not going to be 4 o'clock in Denver, so maybe it won't make a difference. But Zach's got an arm. The air's a little thinner there. Let's see if he can sling it, beat these Broncos down. But I'm not that confident right now, honestly. It was a rough week. It's a rough week rooting for that team. Watched it with a bunch of uh, extended family from uh, a different state who are not Jets fans, and it was kind of embarrassing to sit there and say, this is my team. So... I'm asking the Jets to go out there, make me a little prouder this week. Do something that we can get excited about. Continue to show up on defense. And for goodness sakes, just Zach Wilson, please show up on Sunday. 
make the plays that we know you can make, the throws we know you can make. Get Elijah more involved. You guys need to become a tandem. Need to see it. So right now I'm predicting 21-10 with a Broncos win. Just trying to keep it realistic here, people. Ryan told me he would always predict predict a Jets win. When I ask him this question, I'll have to ask him off off the air because we were both pretty uh, pretty dumbfounded after this past Sunday. So need to see more this week, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode. Don't have much more to say on this week. Look out for episodes every single week this season of the Jet Up podcast. We'll be coming at you with our hottest takes and our brutally honest takes. Not going to sugarcoat it for you. Thanks for listening, guys, and we will see you next week. Go Jets. All gas, no break. Take flight. Let's go beat the Broncos. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Jet Up. Remember to go leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Twitter at JetUpPod. This episode was brought to you by RosterUp Media, where football meets data. Head to rosterupmedia.com for more great NFL content.